It's the Ambiguously Blind Podcast with your host, a guy that's great up hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, 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 greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. We are going to reconnect with a guest that was on the podcast about a year ago, Amy Lyle. She's an author. Uh, she's a screenwriter. She's an actress. She, she's she's all over the place. She's she's a creative person, and she's got a great bubbly, funny personality. She's good at making people laugh and you know kind of feeling good about themselves. So I wanted to check up with her and and see what's going on with her. She's got some new developments and some things kind of behind the scenes that we hope will will make something. Uh, happened for her very soon. So I told her to uh, grab a drink and come on over. I'm going to have a bourbon. Let's see what Amy's having. Hey, Amy, thanks for joining the Ambiguously Blind podcast once again. John, thanks for inviting me to the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Say that five times fast. Second time around. (laughs) I know. Thank you. That's such an honor. I feel very flattered when people invite me back on. That's very nice of you. Must mean you done something right the first time, huh? I hope. Uh, you said we should have drinks, so we both have drinks. Yes. So we're going to call this Join Me for a, my my idea was bourbon. So I've got my bourbon. For those of you listening at home, it's uh, to my right, to your left. <laughs> and and uh, Amy brought a drink. I did. I brought, I was going to do a gin and tonic, but I ran out of time. So I did a Pinot Grigio or something. Okay. I'm not a big, I'm actually not a huge drinker, but I, and just because I'm from Appalachia, you know, I put I'm surprised ice. you didn't bring moonshine or something. I would have availability to that down here in Georgia. Absolutely. This is a funny story. I can't say her name, but a girlfriend of mine, her daughter, she busted her daughter. Um, however, what do you call it? Not brewing. How do you do moonshine? What's the word for that? Distilling? Yeah. Distilling moonshine in their basement. Like she's like really smart. Like, a, like you know, she's probably going to be a scientist or a chemist. And she figured it out and she was distilling that. She was very popular. Amongst her friends. Yeah. Was she in uh, elementary or middle school or what age was this? <laughs> she was a senior, a senior in high school. High school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's sad, but it's, it's, we're proud of her for being so industrious. Yes. Yeah. Just try to keep it legal though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in Lexington, Kentucky at this beautiful wedding. It was such a sweet wedding, uh, family members. And, um, I mean, the people that were getting married yeah. weren't related, even though they were in Kentucky, but I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> a border state to Ohio. Yeah. So, but, uh, so we, uh, when we weren't doing the wedding stuff, we did some bourbon tours Okay. for roses, Woodford, you know? Yeah. I'm drinking a Russell's reserve. I'm not a, uh, I have a friend that's a bourbon snob or at least knows way more than, than I do. And probably more than most people should. Yeah. And this is one of the ones that he's, he said is okay for me to drink. So that's uh, good. That just happens to be what it is now. I like, I've had, a uh, some bourbon, even some, I like to call it Derby bourbon when I was invited to the Kentucky Derby and they had like really, really fancy bourbon and um, I like the smell of it, but I don't like the taste of it. At this guy's wedding, uh, he's from Kentucky, and uh, his wedding was in Louisville. That's how you, yeah. how you say it, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I've been to the Derby a couple times with him, so I'm, you know, I'm a little familiar with that area. And yeah, Woodford's always a sponsor. 
Yeah, the Derby. Yeah. Pappy Red. Isn't that a fancy bourbon? Which one? Isn't like Pappy Red? Yeah. So we had, yeah, Pappy Van Winkle, you know? So we had that at his wedding. And it was like a crazy expensive bottle of, yes, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't, I, I couldn't, I'm sure it tastes a little, little different, but it certainly doesn't taste, you that know, is. this, this glass of bourbon would probably cost like, I don't know, 30 bucks. That one for a glass of that probably cost like $300 or maybe $500. Yeah, you, just, you just drink, you know, three of yours and then it all tastes And the then same. it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And you've had time to drink three of yours instead of one of that one. Right. So. Right. Last but a little longer too. Encourage, you know, drinking irresponsibly. Absolutely. No yeah, way we're at home. Do. We're not driving. I am. I am at home as are you. Your audience can't see it, but those are bowling pins from my, my hometown, Columbus, uh, Marriott, Ohio, which isn't terribly far from you. Um, no. So your hometown is Marietta, which is over mm-hmm. on the uh, east side. Right. It's yep. very close to uh, West Virginia. Northwest Territory. It's right next to West Virginia. Yeah, which we always, that was the border state we were always worried about. It wasn't Kentucky. As you should be. Although it's really beautiful. And they have some skiing there. And it I've, is been, really I've been skiing in West Virginia, yeah. Nice. Timberline, maybe? Is this, is this skiing? Winter place? I don't know. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not very uh, but yeah, Chillicothe. So I'm a few hours to your uh, to your west and a little to the south. Yeah, uh, it's a historic town. It was the first capital of the state. I'm sure you remember that from eighth grade Ohio history. Yep. There's 88 counties in Ohio. <laughs> I remember that. I lived in Ross I County. I didn't remember that. I'm from Washington County. I'm go. sure this is riveting to your to your uh, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Ohio history class. Tell me what's been going on with you since we uh, last chatted. It's been about a year. And I thought it'd be, thought it'd be good to catch up with you and see what's going on. Uh, okay. So fun work-wise, fun things that like, you know, I pretty much do all just fun, creative things all the time. And I'm lucky to make a little bit of money doing speaking engagements and make a little money doing books. So that's always good. Yeah. Just to stop um, right there. The book is the reason you were on the podcast the first time. So it's the book of failures. Yes. Had I written a second book? Yeah. I had the second book. We're all a mess. It's okay. Yes. We did that one too. I mean, that was out, but we were, but we mostly talked about the, the first book. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of launched a lot of fun, a fun stuff. And so then um, I was doing like a little uh, book tour, you know, a couple of years ago and, um, you know, like local TV and local magazines and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And um, this filmmaker saw me on an interview and he reached out to me. We went to the same church, actually. I mean, I didn't know that, but he, somehow he did. He must have seen it on my Facebook page or something. And he reached out and he's like, hey, I'm doing this uh, film short and I would like you to star in it. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet, but I'm not uh, an actress. And he's like, no, no, no. I've seen you. You can do it. You just memorize the lines. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. What's the uh, role? And he said, uh, it's your be a recruiter. And I was a recruiter for t- almost 20 years in my real life. And I was like, Oh, I can do that all day long. So I did the movie is called the interviewers. You can watch it. If you look up the interviewers movie short, Sam Jurgens wrote it, directed it. And, um, it won like best comedy at this little film festival. Anyway, if you've ever been on a movie set, there's a lot of downtime, 
Like they, uh, not a lot of down, downtime if you're like on a Tyler Perry set because he has like three cameras going. He does one shot. Did you ever read that about him? It's one shot. No. That's one take. That's all you get. For the whole so, movie? Uh, one take. No, like each scene or whatever. It's well, yeah. one take. Yeah. Versus normally in a movie, you you shoot the scene and then you have to move the cameras around and then you shoot it from the other way and then you shoot it from this way and you get close-ups and that's just how it is. So it's like, uh, you know, 20 lines might take uh, 12 hours, you know, to set oh, things up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. So um, anyway, so we did that film. And so there's a lot of downtime. And I met um, all the all the crew and the, you, you, the, the, um, the film crew, you know, that you have to pay for them. You know, they have the booms and the equipment and, yeah. you know. So uh, I met this guy, Dave, there. And he's like, well, I got a movie coming up, Amy. Would you want to be in one of my movies? I'm like, sure. And, you know, they pay me in tacos, John. So it's not like it's very lucrative so far. But um, so they I good did, tacos. They're delicious. That's good. Delicious tacos. So sometimes they do like hot dogs on the grill. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get on a movie set, oh. but you just go roll with it. So I ended up doing like five different films of his. Like one time I got to be a police officer. I got tase people. That was really fun. And then one time I was a therapist and I actually got nominated for a, a best supporting actress. Didn't win. Only had three lines. Can't believe I was nominated. And then uh, anyway, so, and then recently he asked me to do a film and I was a maid and I had, I had lines. I had uh, eight lines. And you remember one of them? Oh, what was the best one? Yeah, my first line was what's happening mother. And it was kind of like, uh, imagine like kind of 1950s clothes, but kind of like uh, a futuristic um, feel. Does that make sense? Like different, it was like a different planet, like made up uh, the countries. You, It was a different universe kind of a thing. I can't describe it. And uh, so I did the lines and then I, that's, I realized because they flew in this actress from Knoxville and um uh, so there were only about 20 lines. So I had eight lines, she had eight lines. And then this one guy had two lines, so there were 20 lines. And um, I just realized how horrible of an actress that I am because these other people were real actresses and they were saying things like, you know, what's my motivation? And um, cause I was asking her, I was like, well, how do you, how would you like me to do this? Cause I'm not an actress. So you just tell me what you want me to do. I'm very obedient. I memorize the lines. Just tell me how you want me to be emotionally and I'll do it. And she she was like, well, I've got to just feel it. I just kind of roll with it in the moment. I was like, no, don't roll with it in the moment. Cause I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna know how to respond to you. Cause I'm not an actress. I just kind of memorize the lines. So, but anyway, you have to say the lines like 25 times. So John, I'm just hoping they come up with a good cut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sounds like, mm -hmm. but anyway, after we did that, um, I didn't really know what we were doing because he just sent me my line. So I was in scene 10. So I didn't really have visibility into the whole picture of what the movie was or anything. I just did my lines. And then later he goes, Hey, Amy, this is, you know, we picked up a producer for this. And if we sell this, you know, you'll have a reoccurring role in a series. And I was like, what? So that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So when's that coming out? I don't know. I mean, that day he shot, it was like last Saturday. So I shot scene 10 and then on Sunday they were shooting scene 33. So I don't, I don't know the rhyme or reason on that. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So a budding actress, a budding actress in her midst. Yeah. I'm the worst actress in the world. And I, I told Dave that and he goes, Amy, you're not the worst actress. So I wouldn't ask you back. And, but I really know why they asked me back, John, because I know my lines I bring and I bring snacks. They're better than the tacos. Are they paying you in monies or 
No, no monies. Also that day we got Wendy's cheeseburgers. Guess what? Guess what? I love a Wendy's cheeseburger. Yeah. Dave Thomas, you know, that's another Ohio guy. Yes. My ex-boyfriend ran like the foundation, the Dave Thomas uh, foundation, you know, all about adoption. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Dave. Bring it all back, back to Ohio. That's the heart of it all, you know? The heart of it all. Yeah. So that's going on. And then um, something, an update on my film project that I don't know if a year ago, you'll have to remind me if I told you. So I got my film project picked up by another producer and she's like, I like this, but I want you to change it to a sitcom. I want I think we could get eight seasons out of this. And so I did. And she, uh, she um, assigned me uh, this other writer, John Rosen, love him out of LA, very nice guy. And so we put together a sitcom and a deck, uh, a deck and everything. And so that's being shopped as we speak. And so if you're, and if your listeners are praying, praying people, I would like them to send me prayers and good vibes. Cause there's a really, really my favorite showrunner in the whole world. Um, Jenny Urban, Jenny Snyder Urban. She's from, um, Jane the Virgin. I love that show. And she has it in her hands. Another person has it in their hands is Tracy Ross. So there's just a list of like these United Talent Agency producers that have now what's it. a showrunner? A showrunner is usually uh they run they literally run the show and they're oftentimes like a writer on the show as well. Okay. Yeah, they're kind of like the big dog with the big vision of the show. Now is this the story? When we spoke last, at least I believe you said you, before you wrote the book, you had this movie for or idea for a movie that yes. you took somewhere and somebody said, this isn't some, this isn't going to work yet. You need to write yeah, a book. Yeah, go write or, a book. Yeah. Okay. So is this the, you wrote the book, books. Right. And then I wrote the books and then somebody picks up the movie and then hashtag uh, boycott Georgia film. Like I did sell it as a full feature at one point. Like I got representation and we got money, we got Hollywood money. And then it got canceled and I lost the money. And the producer ghosted me because it was, it was hashtag boycott Georgia film because, uh, of some yeah political stuff, probably political stuff. So then it had, it, it sat stagnant for a while and then it got picked back up by a Georgia producer. Hmm. So it is, you know what, John, this is what I think. I think that the journey of being a creative and being able to do some fun things like, you know, sometimes be in movies or do speaking engagements or, you know, I have my own podcast in the burbs or uh, I write for a magazine. Like I never would have done any of these creative things if I would have gotten the movie deal, you know, a few years ago. And so it's like, I wouldn't trade that for the world. So now being a writer on a sitcom or a dramedy would be gravy. Like I would love it. And I'm like trying to visualize it. And I would, I would so be so good at it. I think I was born to do that. Tell funny stories and lift people up through making them feel better about their failures. But if that never happens, I think I got, you know, further than 99.9% of people by getting it picked up and getting it turned down by HBO and, and Hulu and NBC and ABC. Yeah, well, you got to hear a lot of no's before you get a yes. And all it takes oh, I, is oh, one. Oh, I've heard a lot of no's. Over 100 no's so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. But still, it's still exciting to get in. Sounds no. like it. You're like, you're like, oh my gosh, in NBC, I made it to the 
we're considering your product. And I can't believe they're passing. I mean, they don't even know what they're missing, right? I need somebody with vision. I need somebody who can look at like, this is so funny because it's like North versus South mom versus people with no kids, married people versus single. Like there's so much comedic things available you know, with those topics that I'm just like, it just takes somebody with a little bit of vision that's like, gosh, there's a lot of funny stuff that could be created out of this. So when this gets picked up as a sitcom, right? Yes. Um, Who would plays the lead female character? If you're, if you're casting. I want, I originally, I love Amanda Pete because Amanda Pete is like the protagonist that I wrote because she's like Columbia, you know, Ivy league, Manhattan, New York, love her you know she's not gushy like you could see her being like a not warm stepmom you could see her being like what kids so she would be my an amanda pete-esque type character would be perfect what about Mm -hmm. the leading male role john ham or somebody rugged who can you think that's kind of like a georgia gentleman but kind of kind of rugged maybe like a kyle Chandler, but he's, I don't know if he's tall enough. I don't know. I have a list. Yeah. You know, it was interesting, John, the first time when we were talking to the producer and I was, I, I won't name them because I don't want to be ugly, but I was throwing out all these actors that I loved and the original producer who's, who's been around for a long, long time. She was like, no, no to all my suggestions. And I was like, why? And she's like, no assholes on set. <laughs> And she was just telling me like all these people are like really mean and divas. And I'm like, you're right. Why would you want to put somebody that's not nice to people on your film? Why do they still get hired? I don't understand. So how often does the, does the writer um, act as the, you know, say, you know, that's the first question she asked me is like, do you want to act in this film? I was like, no. And she's like, do you want to direct this film? I'm like, no, I don't know how to do either of those things. And she's like, okay. So I do want, there is a character that has a neck brace and um, the neck brace changes. Like it might have University of Georgia bulldogs on it, or, you know, if it's the holidays, maybe Christmas wreaths, you know, she has a neck brace at all times. She's kind of drama, I guess. I mean, for her, yeah, it's just a prop and she never has really any lines, but she's at all the ladies events. Think of like a suburban neighborhood where they do bunco or PTA or, Christmas parties, she always has that on there. And so I want to be that lady where I really don't have any lines. Because wouldn't that be funny? It would be funny. Mm-hmm. Some comedy in that. Yeah, there's some comedy in that. Maybe she has one line. Maybe she has a heavy drinking neck brace. <laughs> and she falls over regularly or something. Or and she's like, hurt my neck again. Maybe it grows, Sean. Every episode, every season, like maybe she starts out with a neck brace, but then next she's a neck brace and like a wrist thing and then maybe then a neck brace wristband elbow that's yeah, gross it it just it, it becomes more each time she's on on screen yeah it's like a game yeah yeah exactly and then maybe you find out secretly that she's addicted to <laughs> kind of opioid products that's not funny for people that have addiction no, just no, saying it's, not, it's comedy everything this is comedy happen. yeah yeah get over it right so do you think any of the stories from the Book of Failures will make it onto the screen then? And there, are there any stories you can adapt for, for this show? Yes. And then, they have, and then they would have to pay me extra. Of course. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of funny stories. I mean, somebody um, many, 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 many years ago, um, a, a, a company um, paradigm talent agency reached out to me and they're like, Hey, do you, who owns the book of failures? We have a client that would like to make it into a movie. And I'm like, oh, what? Let's have a meeting. And then that was the last I ever heard of them. That was the exchange. Hmm. I never heard from him again, but I was like, wouldn't that be fun? The book of failures and be such a good show. There's a lot of comedy in there. I know it would make a great show. Anyone that's listening that you're no movie producer. Yeah. So the story, you, you told me a story last time you were on about working at a, a new office and you fell down the stairs. Yep. And my underwear showed and I had the happy burger underwear on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy buns, right? Yep. The happy buns underwear. Yeah. It's a true story, John. That was a good one. <laughs> you got any more gems like that tucked away anywhere that maybe didn't make the book? You know what? The book originally uh, was about over 100,000 words. And then what got published was around 50,000. So I have lots of stories that didn't make it in there. So is there is that other material enough for the book Failures too? I mean, the, the, the second book was kind of a an extension of that where you were looking at other people's stories too. Is there, is there another book in the works? I mean, you got something else cooking on that, on that side of things? No, but you know, what's so sweet. Let me tell you a really sweet story. Cause sometimes you write a book, you know, and you don't really make a lot of money and just feel like, Oh my gosh, I put all this effort in this. And like, what does it matter? Like who, what's happening? And then um, the sweet man reached out to me from Boston, John. And he's like, Hey, um, my wife has MS. And she's in this facility. And so I go over there every day. And uh, this guy's like an IT guy. And he's like, I go over there every day and I read her, I read her something funny. And he's like, um, so I read her both of her books. She loves your books so much. When are you going to write another book? I mean, how sweet is that? And then he sent yeah. me a picture of her holding, holding my books. And she was in a world all a mess. It's okay. T-shirt. <laughs> she had the merch too. Here. She got the merch. Well, um, it goes to charity. One of my uh, buddies, he's like, Amy, you want t-shirts? I'll put them on Amazon. And I was like, you do that. And then if you get any money, just give it to uh, the place of her site, their food bank here locally. But anyway, it's, it was so that makes it worth it. I know that sounds crazy, but if I'm sure you've had that happen where somebody listens to your podcast and they're just like, Hey man, I was in a bad way. And I, I listened to your podcast and I, I, I feel like I kind of had a little change of heart. Yeah, you never know how it's going to affect people. Yeah, for it's wild real. Like that, the world, how the world. No, that's that's what you have to think about. And like, I don't know if you believe in God or anything, but like, I do. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Jesus. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jesus as well. So when I um I was with my uh, a girlfriend of mine. Her name's Keller. She's like crazy talented. You know, these people are like she can sing and dance and act, and it's just so clear of like her gift of from God. It's so clear of what she's supposed to do. You know, she's like a worship leader in a church and she's an actor. And so we were having this conversation and I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. I'm not really sure what my gifts are. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of all over the place. And she just like, she just like sat up and she's like, your gift is you make other people feel good about their failures. You make people feel good about their mistakes because you've made so many and you make them feel good about it. And that's your gift. And I was like, you're right. You know what I mean? I was like, maybe that is my gift. Yeah. I can work with that. Yeah. I can work with that too. Cheers to that. Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. 
anything particularly special about the Pinot Grigio? Or that's just the one that was nearest? No, really, we have this like house wine in our family that's a red wine. I, I'm so embarrassed. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. But um, was it like a Boone's Farm one? No, it was like a, it was like actually Catherine Hall uh, from Napa. Love her. But um, it's, a, it's a cab. And then we were out of it, out of the house wine. So when I say house wine, we don't drink expensive bottles of wine like that every day. I just, that's one of my favorite wines. So we have it or conundrum. I don't know if you like that. It's a great wine, but anyway, uh, we didn't have any of that. And I was like, Oh gosh, John's going to have a bourbon. I have to have a drink. What should I have? And my husband goes, there's some red wine in the fridge. So that's what I'm drinking. It's like 105 degrees here. It's like Dubai. So hot. It was hot here. It's hot here today too. I think it only got up to 99 here though today. So. Oh, good. Great. Remember that Matthew Broderick movie? He goes, the opening scene, he's walking. He's like a, he's like a soldier and he's like a hat. It's like, I forgot. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry. No, I think the last, well, the only math, Matthew Broderick movie I've seen, I've only seen his best movie ever. The best, the best. Paris Bueller's Day yeah. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look this up real hot. It's hot. Africa. Hot. My daughter went to Africa. She did say it's free. Biloxi Blues. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I don't, I've, I'm sure I saw that many I don't ago. I, but... I don't think I've seen it. I just saw the trailer and I just thought that was so funny. Uh, his finest work is definitely Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which kind of reminds me, you know, it doesn't remind me, it is the 80s. It reminds me of the, the good old days in the 80s. We talked a little bit about, about music and you said you were going to drag me through the 80s mud and music. Is that still happening? It is. Okay, so John, I was so embarrassed because you're, I knew it when you asked me about music. I was like, oh gosh, he knows everything about music. No, 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 no. I definitely don't know everything about music. I just have some pretty particular tastes and, and a lot of them. And I'm, I'm going to say I don't have great taste. But who are you to say that I don't have great taste? Because if you love, if you love that song, then you love that song. Yes. I mean, the be- beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Right. Like sometimes people put down like really popular artists because they're like, oh, this is mainstream. I'm like, yeah, it's mainstream. And they sold 62 million artists, saw, you know, whatever albums because it's good. Right. Well, as long as as long as Bon Jovi's not on your list. I do like me some Bon Jovi. You're not going to believe this. My old neighbor, uh, Julie, um, she is a Bon Jovi junkie. And so she would she was um, this is so funny. She was like a uh, a higher, like a regional person for like a grocery store, uh-huh. like, a, like a regional. And she, she would in the summer take, she would do her schedule. So she had the weekends off and fly to see Bon Jovi all summer. I'm not making that up. I was mm-hmm. never that level. Bon she's, got, she's got too much free time on her hands. She was a single lady, John. <laughs> she was, She's really sweet though. Okay. So I can take you through the eighties thing. And I, I wanted to ask you a question about this is I feel like I am most attracted to song. I love movies, right? Cause I'm a writer. I love yeah. the movies. So my, like maybe a song that I never really thought of before, but if I hear it in a movie and it's attached to that scene, I'm very visual. And so yeah. then forever I'm, an, I am in love with that song, even if I didn't like it before. Because it reminds you of the movie or something that you liked about the movie, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. So like That's I, so cool that music can do that. Music does that. It doesn't have to be movies. It could so be powerful. Yeah. Like I never I I, I I am a Kate Bush fan, but I mean I don't like 
sit around and listen to Kate Bush, but like that two things from Kate Bush, like I love stranger things and I watch stranger things. Yes, that's really that, that song. Is it, what's it? It's like in your head, right? Running up the mountain or what is it? Running up the hill. Running up the hill. Yeah. So that's. And it's Sager and it's like, Kate Bush does have, you have to admit she's a very powerful voice. And so I love that song. But then when I was growing up, Kate Bush had the song woman's work or something like that. And it was in, it was in the movie. She's having a baby with Kevin Bacon. And it was actually kind of a comedy until the last couple minutes. And then they thought they were going to lose the baby and her, his wife went into like, you know, like cardiac arrest. I don't know. I can't remember. And then it was like a flashback and he kind of, he had kind of taken the whole situation for granted Mm -hmm. and taken her for granted. And then that song came on. It was like, like a flashback of how much she loved her. And so forever, when I hear that song, it gives me goosebumps right now. I know that sounds crazy, but it does crazy, but that's, that's one of the great things about music. When I was in college, um, I was on the, I was on the radio, the college radio station. You have the voice for that. Absolutely. I don't know if I, no, I don't, but in college, everybody has a, you know, a face and a voice for radio. (laughs) So we, um, that to, to do what you wanted you had to, they had shifts, you know, and you had to do like a two three hour shift and they had playlists. You couldn't really de- you'd barely deviate here and there, but if during the day, but if you wanted to, you know, kind of open up a little bit and play different stuff or maybe even your own stuff, uh, like bring your own music in, you had to have a specialty show. And so you had okay. to apply for it. And it was, it was kind of, wasn't really hard to get, but they didn't, it wasn't really easy. So, um, my, my buddy and I applied for a, a show, but you had to have like a, a bit or a reason why it was, you know, going to be different than kind of a theme or whatever. So ours right. was movie soundtracks actually. Okay, and it was, it was called the dead man's party because okay. it's, uh, if you remember Oingo Boingo, <laughs> I do remember Oingo Boingo. I mean, I can't name a song. But well, it's remember. dead man's party is their song and it. it's a dead man's party. <laughs> so it's from um back to school uh, oh, yeah. with um Rodney Dangerfield yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. you remember Ronnie Dangerfield I do and he's on that and he's on the diving board yeah he does the triple Lindy the dive <laughs> yes. yeah and he's teaching his his son to do the triple Lindy and his son's kind of a you know loser and the the male guy his name's Chaz who's that guy do you know the, the blonde-haired guy he's real good looking and He's the super swimmer (laughs) and he makes fun of Rodney's son. And, you know, it's, it's a total eight, you know, Rodney's a super rich guy that owns a big and tall stores and he comes back to college. Chaz? Well, his name's Chaz in the movie, but do you remember, um, you were, you were looking him up. I just, I swear to you, I only remember that diving, William Zabka. Place Chaz. Oh yeah. Oh, he's famous. Yeah. Because you know he's in the Cobra Kai, right? Karate Kid. The same guy. Okay. Yeah. So who's Chaz again? It's the guy. You know, he's Chaz. He's blonde hair. He's really yes, good looking. He's in Cobra Kai. William Zabka. <laughs> what, was he in Karate Kid? Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. He was. He's the bully. Yeah. Kick him in the. Put him in a body bag, Johnny. Right. He was Johnny. Probably. Yes. Yes. Okay. So there you go. Movie trivia. Okay. So my other 
Okay, what else did you want to say about music? Because you're a music expert. So I'm going to take notes when you come in. No, definitely not an expert. I was just saying, though, you you. it's funny that you brought up soundtracks and, and your, your, your affinity for songs that are that appear in movies. And obviously, you're a movie person and a you know, screenwriter and all that stuff too. So that makes sense. But I just thought it was funny. Our, our college radio uh, show was a dead man's party was, so we, we, that was our excuse. Cause you know, lots of songs are in movies, right? So that was our excuse to just pretty much play what we wanted. We just had to point to what movie it was in. But so what's so interesting is you may not be that interested in the movie until you see it. Like tiny dancer with Elton John. I was kind of like, yeah. And then it was in almost famous. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, they did a really good job with it in that. And even even like uh, TV shows like, you know, Grey's Anatomy or something where they really weave music into certain scenes and, and music yeah. is kind of a kind of like a big thing. It's like you in most shows or sitcoms, it's it starts at the beginning and it you know, comes on at the end. You don't see much music in the. No. In the middle, and remember, but, the, remember the last Seinfeld. Yeah. With uh, Green Day. Yes, every time I get Good reddance, song. you remember of, yeah. Oh. And to bring it back to Seinfeld, I thought maybe you were going to say one of the movies, the lines you had was that these pretzels are making you thirsty. <laughs> Does that resonate to you? I mean, do you know what that is? Um, I have heard that line. I, I don't, I don't know. Kramer's in a movie. He gets a role in a Woody Allen movie and he has <laughs> one line. They're filming it in New York and he has one line and. I his, remember his line he's sitting at the bar next to woody and he said his line is these pretzels are making me thirsty <laughs> but he says it like 50 different ways in the show because he's not sure how woody wants it to say these pretzels which which word you emphasize and so thirsty. oh that's awesome you know i re-watched uh about a year ago all of the seinfeld and you know i'd never seen them all because when seinfeld came out it was on nbc and if you missed it you missed it yeah you didn't see a rerun. SCTV, right. Right. And it was such a great lineup. Remember that? Thursday was such a great, it was like Cheers, Friends. Friends, Cheers, Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld and Frasier was in there for a little while. Yes, Frasier after and then, Cheers. And then there was another one. Um, but I think Seinfeld started with Cheers and ended with Frey. I think Seinfeld bridged the gap between those two there. But there was another one um, with, uh, what was the show that was on... Um, yeah, I'm having some memory issues, but anyway, there was another show mad about mad about you. Remember that one? Oh, I love that show. So I didn't like it when it got like all serious. I, I like my comedies to stay comedy. Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch it that much. So I probably didn't see any of the series. Helen Hunt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was and the good. guy, I can't okay. remember the guy, but yeah, that was good. Paul Reisner. 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 Yeah. Reisner. Okay. So my other thing, because I was so nervous about coming on the show to talk about songs because I don't I'm not really a music I, I just don't know anything about music is I realized that my this is a coincidence is my favorite songs and if you ask me if I like country music I'd be like ah eh. I, I mean I just kind of grew up with it but like my favorite songs are all about whiskey interesting like I love whiskey songs like okay. I love so did you write some of those down yes okay what do you got so I love one of my all time favorites is um, Chris Stapleton, Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. And is also Chris Stapleton, Whiskey and You. Okay. Both great songs. And then the song Whiskey Lullaby with, with Brad Paisley and Alison Cross. It's so sad. 
So that's a great song. Um, Drown the Whiskey with um, Jason Aldean and Miranda Lambert. Also, I'm, draw- I'm drawn to like very sad whiskey songs. Um, that song by Kenny Chesney, it's not whiskey, but like it's kind of like an Alcoholics Anonymous song. That's why I'm here. Remember that song? And he kind of like, the, the, you know, the people are standing up and saying, that's why I'm here because they're alcoholics. That's such a sad song. Um, I, I like booze songs. You and Tequila by Kenny Chesney. Um, Hemingway's Whiskey by Kenny Chesney. Um, a funny song by Brad Paisley. The alcohol, you know, white people dance, makes white people dance. Mm-hmm. Um, even I Love This Bar by Toby Keith. I mm-hmm. love that song. Yeah. yeah. Even ACDC, Back in the Day, Have a Drink on Me. Remember that song? Have a drink on me. So I was like kind of looking at a theme of like my. But for, a, for a person that doesn't drink that often, that is kind I know, of very drawn. I think I'm drawn to sad whiskey songs and nobody in my family drank. Like my, if you went to a Christmas party at my family's house growing up, we would never have a Christmas party to be honest with you because my parents didn't entertain. But if you were like at a family party at my grandparents on either side, no booze, nothing, not a drop. Isn't that's that probably weird? good. Oh, that's probably good though. That's a good weird, I think. Really? I mean, I never thought anything of it because I was a kid, but now I'm like, what? I think people went outside to their cars, think they had coolers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they just did, just went outside <laughs> for a few minutes and came back in. They're like, I gotta go out for a minute. Took a shot of that Tennessee whiskey. So that's interesting too. You, do, you said you don't like country music. I mean, if you ask me if I love country music, I'd be like. I don't, I don't, I, I don't have anything against country music. I like, I like country music, but I don't like uh, in the morning if I'm taking a shower and I'm asking Alexa to play something, it wouldn't be that. But yet, how do I know all of these, all these great songs? Like I, I And why I, are they uh, all about whiskey? And why are they all about whiskey, John? Why? Why? What does it say about me? I don't even drink whiskey. I don't know, but I'm sure a therapist can answer that. It's very expensive to answer that question. So just stick with the whiskey then. It's probably less expensive and more fun. <laughs> so if you are going to ask Alexa to play something, what are you going to ask Alexa to play? Uh, okay, if I'm having like a dinner party, which we have a lot because my husband loves to cook. He's He loves to cook. He could have been a chef. He's not. He's a consultant in the medical field, but he loves to, he loves okay. to cook. Yeah. So I would play like a 1970s, like if you go... Google, hey Google or Alexa, 1970s dinner party music. Okay. Like that. So what is like, that? Sinatra, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. But if I was in the shower, I would probably play like <laughs> I probably like Stevie Nicks. Okay. Yeah. Or um okay, this is embarrassing to say, but I think that your listeners may relate if they're women in high school or college, I would morph into whatever my boyfriend was, you know, that was very common. It took me a long time to kind of grow out of that. And so like in high school, for example, like I was really into the Eagles because I dated this guy that was into the Eagles. And then I dated a guy that was really into meatloaf. So Mm, I can say, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. know that and then in college i dated a guy who was into the smiths of course right you gotta have a smiths mm-hmm. season gotta be one of those Even guys the kids yeah. today i think have a smith season which you should 
don't know if you don't listen to the Smiths, you should. The bomb, the bomb, the bomb. So um, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that, but that was, um, you know, another one was, uh, I guess that song, um, I Have Friends in High Places. Who sings that? Garth Brooks. Yeah, there was a season. <laughs> there was a season of that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not proud of that, John. I'm just saying that as a younger person trying to find their way and, you know, like wanting the opposite sex to like me, I was like, oh, I love it. No, I, I think love that. I think, I think you do that, you know, you with ma- maybe not music, but just other things that make you know, you're, like, you're like, I love Taylor Swift. Girl. Oh, I love Taylor it. Swift is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I do love Taylor Swift because I have three girls. So I liked it. I grew up with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, she's okay. She's yeah. okay. What about, yeah. so like, um, you're in eighties. I mean, yeah. you, you did some formative years in the eighties. What about like the pretenders, you know, uh, uh, I, I, that. I was more like Madonna, Prince, Duran Duran, very, very pop, very pop. I am. I'm sorry. I'm so embarrassed to say that I like staying. I mean, I'm not embarrassed. You know what? I'm proud. I love Madonna. I love Prince. Let's have cry. But um, who do, who are you, who are you listening to? Um, this is why you're so much more sophisticated than I. No, am. definitely not. That's not true. Who are you re- listening to? I mean, I like I like Annie Lennox. I like who do, who do you like? I thought you were going to. Uh, I'm just pulling up a list here that I had prepared of just '80s stuff. Pretenders are a big a big player for me now. Uh, Chrissy Hines is the lead singer there. She's from Cleveland. Well, get out. Yeah. That's so nice. That's why I was wondering if you, you know, I, I didn't know that until, I mean, I didn't, didn't know that when I lived in Ohio, but. Wait, don't you live in Ohio now? No, I live in Texas. I'm in Dallas. Oh, I forgot. I was thinking you were still in Cincinnati. No, no, no. I, we, I got, I, uh, I'm not from Texas, but I got here as soon as I could. You live in the same state as Amber Heard. Do I? I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's where she's from. Lucky me. Yeah. What city does she live in? I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. Hopefully it's not real close to me. So I'm looking at my eighties list. Cause I thought that's where you were going with this. Um, I did. I didn't have, I didn't have current country. I didn't have, I mean, I certainly like I don't current country either. Yeah. Well, that's okay. And I, I don't, I don't really have a lot of whiskey songs. I'd have to search for whiskey, but like, so like if I pull up my eighties playlist of songs and I, I'm a curator, I, I like, I collect music. So, uh-huh. Um, these are, I don't do streaming services. I just, I just collect songs. Right. Uh-huh. So if I look at my eighties playlist, um, the song that has gotten the most plays that was released in 1980 is just like heaven by the cure. Oh my gosh. I was literally, when you said curated, I was like, I love the cure. Robert Smith. I saw him in concert in Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and do then, like, Mm-hmm. So there's a guy named Jerry Jeff Walker who's going to be a Texas guy. You're not going to know him. Okay, 1980s. That's that's. I mean, the year 1980. I graduated high school in 1989, so that's a little early. 19. I'm. You know, it's more like you know, 86, 87, 88, 89. Let me sort this list by year a little differently. You know, I was around for like the boy George. You know, Culture Club. George Michael. Wham. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good stuff. Duran Duran. Uh, what about Duran Duran and uh, Tom Petty? Was a big player in that time period. Yes. So sad that Tom Petty died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Jackson. Of course. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Ooh, Hall and Oates. 
I'm I I don't have anything against Holland Oats, but like I don't own anything by Holland Oats. Probably better that way. Yeah. Especially the 80s, the 70s Holland, the, the older Holland Oats was less cheesy. But still no Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, yeah. I've seen Bruce Springsteen in Atlanta. I do like him. He's a legend. I do think his sound his songs kind of all sound the same, but I'm more, I guess, into women artists than I mean, he's a, he's a legend, right? Sting, U2, R.E.M. Sting, yeah, R.E.M. Of course, right here in Georgia, R.E.M. Um, Rob Bass. Rob Bass, remember that song? I, I have it right here. I probably can't play it because it would play it for 15 seconds. infringe okay. all kinds of... Copyright, yeah. You can hum it. How about you sing it, John? Sing it, sing the uh, song. That's okay. Nobody wants to hear that. Give it to me, Rob Bass. <laughs> If you got it, right? That song? It takes two. Yeah, I, it's much better to hear you sing it. It's unfortunate that's the only song I can name. What about the B-52s? I love the 50, B-52s. And that woman on the B-52s, have you ever seen her in an interview? You know, like Rock, Rock Lobster and, you know, the Love Shack. And she's like, they're asking her about, you know, they sing, you know, all over the place, these small venues. And she's just like, I just love it. I just love to sing, you know, and it, she was so passionate about it. it was so cute. I just love that. So happy for people that are doing their passions. Um, the cars squeeze. I like the cars. He died too. 10,000 maniacs. Yes. Billy Joel. Yeah. You know, Sarah McLaughlin, Tori Amos. Are you a Tori Amos fan? Uh, I'm, not really, no, I'm not really into Tori Amos. Okay, that was good, like, breakup music. Yeah. Uh, Alanis Morissette. Yes. Okay, so now we're getting into a little bit more 90s. Yeah. And Beastie Boys. And so, Beastie Boys? So yeah. My, my all-time favorite is Dave Matthews. Oh, yeah. Dave Matthews. Boy, his fans. He's super fans. Yeah, they are super yeah. fans. Mm-hmm. He seems like a really nice guy too. Not just a great musician, but like a nice person. Yeah. I like to see nice people win. It's nice. Yeah, that is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was a good little stroll down music memory lane. <laughs> and back yeah. to school and some maybe some soundtracks. Yeah. Taking people back. So when do you think we're going to see this show on TV? John, I just need someone to buy it. Okay. I just need to buy it and then and then and then it would happen i mean if someone bought tomorrow i don't really know about that much about production but if somebody bought tomorrow it'd probably be a year before you saw anything it's okay it takes time it takes two also right it takes two to make a thing yeah um i don't know but if it i mean i just i just i'm asking people for prayers and good vibes about that because i was just i was made to do that i am an observer of the world like i can see something funny and everything. And like, okay, I know this is nuts, but my daughter is 19. She's home from college and um, she's working a little YMCA day camp. Like they go, you know, they're, it's kind of like an open field, not glamorous on the lake. And they, she goes every day. And I'm not kidding. The child works from like 645 to 645. She works 12 hour days. And um, she comes back every day with these funny stories and I write them down because like little kids are so funny or you go somewhere and it's just like, there's just so much funny, beautiful things in the world that have to be captured and shared because it cheers people up. It does. And that's, that's what good. I want to do. what you want. Darkness in the cheer world. Them up, motivate people, make them, them happy, up. make them smile, make them laugh. Yes. It's like she told me be. like, you know, at 6 45 in the morning, John, like there's a bus 
that goes in the YMCA and the, it's 6.45 in the morning and the kids show up with the goggles on their, on their actual faces. They have the goggles on their eyeballs. They're ready to go or, swimming. Right. Or they have snorkel gear and they have snorkel gear in their mouth. Like they're, they are ready. <laughs> they're ready. And I, and, and she just laughed. She goes, you know, cause they're on the bus and it takes 20 minutes to get there. And then we do all this stuff. She's like, they're not going to be in the water for like good two hours. <laughs> and she goes, they just wear their goggles until then, until they swim two hours. And that, I don't know why that makes me laugh. It doesn't that make you laugh. It's, it's great. So that's the, that's kids. And they're so I in know. their mind, they're already swimming. In their mind, they're like, mom, give me my goggles. I got to have my gear. They got the little flippers on. I mean, it's hilarious. It makes me happy. So that just makes me laugh and how they are with my daughter. Like they're in love with her. She's super cute. And like little, like third graders would be like, I'm in third grade. What grade are you in? And she's like, guess what grade I'm in? And they're like, I don't know, maybe uh sixth grade. She's like, I'm a freshman. College. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. So that's what I want to do. What do you want to do? Well, I'm working on a little project of my own. We we talked about books. We've we've kind of talked about that offline a little bit. I don't. I can't. I can't get it too far into it. But yeah. Okay. Well, whatever it's, helps. Things are moving. That. So yeah, I need prayers and vibes too. But things are moving. We're working in Good. the in the right direction. Okay. Let me know what I can help you with that. I don't. I'm not an expert in very many things, but I am good with that. And my my girlfriend Bonnie Habian, she called me and she's like, I want to launch a book. And I gave her all these ideas, and she kind of this is the good thing about giving people ideas. They, they're always smarter than I am. So they take my idea and then they make it better. And like, she just launched her book, John last week, and she has over 100 reviews on Amazon. Wow. What's the book? The book is called, oh my gosh, I knew you were going to ask me the book. It's called, it has the word Bess in it. B-E-S-S. And her name is Bonnie Habian. H-A-Y-B-A-N, the world according to best, the world according to best. And it's about, it's kind of like shit your dad says and chicken soup with the soul. And uh, it's like funny stories. And her mom's like 90 years old. And she started writing down the funny stuff her mom said. And just like, I I just happened to remember one quote. And um, so I was was reading the book and one of the quotes was somebody goes, Hey, I'm going to the supermarket. Do you want me to get some uh, dips? Do you want some dips from the supermarket? And her mom, who's like 90 was like, did what? I thought you said, do I need any dick? And I don't need any of that. (laughs) (laughs) I just laugh so hard because it's just like, it's just something that I just can't see that coming out of a 90 year old woman's mouth, but yet I can. So um, anyway, I'm really, really happy for her and proud of her. And so when you're ready to launch a book, I have a bunch of resources for you. And I, if you yeah, know. you've already shared some of that stuff with me. So yeah, we're going to work on that. So I appreciate that. And you're not going to share what the book's about yet? No self-promotion here? Not yet. Cause it's still, right. still pretty early on, but it's, we're moving in the right direction and things are moving Faster than I thought they would be at this point. So, that's good. Good. but the listeners have a little bit of knowledge about that anyway. So, good. And that's something you have forever, good or bad. <laughs> be careful what you put in there. Exactly. That's good. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Amy, did you finish your yeah. Pinot Grigio? It's good done. Mine's done too. Let me see. Hold yours up. The viewers can't see. Look. Empty, empty. Yep. When the glass is done, we got to wrap it up. John. I don't think we've said anything crazy, have we? Nah. I mean, I did say I like Taylor Swift. 
oh my gosh, I love that song all too well. It's just like every woman. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I okay. don't know her that well. I don't. I do like Taylor Swift, but I have girls too. So I, I have an idea that kind of stuff is going to be a big player for me. Okay, wait, it is. So All Too Well is this, because you know all of her songs about love and breakup. So it's about, she was in real life, she's dating Jake Gyllenhaal and then uh, they break up, but she had left her scarf. Like she went to New York with him and he, she left the scarf at his uh, sister's house. And so she writes a song about all these like, this, these memories of this relationship and how they break up. And he just, she's just, her soul is ripped out. And um, anyway, so I listened to that song, but as a comedian, I'm kind of like, you know, he probably doesn't even remember that fucking scarf. You know what I mean? He probably doesn't even know where it is. And she wrote a whole 10 minute song about him holding on to this scarf because he loved her so much. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I hope that's the case. You know what I mean? But anyway, man, men are the worst, you know? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I don't need, Oh, he remembers that he had, and she's like, "You have the scarf because it smells like me, and you remember." And I'm thinking to myself, "He probably doesn't even know where that thing is, but he may." Probably may. not, though. There's a, there's a quote, you know. We we watch Frozen around here, and Olaf says, "Who knows the ways of men?" That's a good quote. And my daughter told me that today. Who knows the ways? Who of men? knows the ways of men? That sounds like a Monty Python line. Who knows the way of men? Especially with that accent. <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm an actress just kidding i'm not an actress that's it amy great to see you john thank you i really appreciate it try to keep it real and just remember it takes two to make a thing go right let's sing it as we go out it, it takes, takes two, two to, to make, make it out of sight yeah Woo! yeah that's all i got john Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe and connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.